<coughs> Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I would much rather say hello than I would to say goodbye. I guess especially when I'm talking about people I like to spend time with, <laughs> I would much rather say hello than I would to say goodbye. I don't like goodbyes. Goodbyes are they're hard. Uh, last Sunday, my, my parents were visiting from Minnesota. They were here at church with us. They were with us for a number of days. It's super nice for us to have family come and visit when we live at such a distance from them and only get to see them a few times a year. But goodbyes are hard. And as my kids get older, the more they are aware, the harder it gets for them to say goodbye to grandpa and grandma. There are usually tears when they have to depart and say goodbye. So that's why where I'm from, the great state of Minnesota, Skull Vikings, uh, in Minnesota, we have this thing called the Minnesota Long Goodbye. Now, if you're not familiar with the Minnesota Long Goodbye, I'm going to show you a little video uh, that PBS put together a long, long time ago uh, called How to Talk Minnesotan. Now, it's a little bit of a spoof series, but they have this one uh, episode about how to, to, to uh, get familiar with the Minnesota Long Goodbye. Now, I'm only going to show you the last one minute of it because it's kind of a long video. So, in this video, you're at the very end, but the Minnesota Long Goodbye in this video, it had started the day prior with a couple having dinner with the couple that they were with, but then, you know, as they were trying to say goodbye, they ended up having to spend the night with the people and then wake up the next morning and continue the goodbye process. So, you're picking this up at phase three of the Minnesota Long Goodbye. Take a look at this. You're now enter stage three, which takes place just outside the house. Your hosts will follow you to the car. Well, do you have everything then? Yeah, I think so. We'll get it next time if we don't. Okay. Don't you think this tire looks a little low, Bob? I don't know if I drive with a tire like that. In the finale of the long goodbye, the departees are in the car and the hosts are at opposite windows, bent over. The motor is running. Oh, I never had any trouble with them. Thanks for the ride and all that. Yeah. Well, thanks for everything. Yeah. No problem. Right. Hey, Bob, you well, hear call that? Call us when you get what's there, that, okay? What's that ticking yeah. noise? Okay, well, uh, hopefully no, Thursday will go okay for Yeah, it could be a throw-up bearing, though. You sure you don't want to come in the house? Maybe it's a rod bearing. You can go yeah. anytime, you know. Mm, nope, we're oh, off. You sure? We're not stopping for anything. Okay, Take well. Take it easy, you guys. All right, yeah. we'll see ya. Okay. Bye. As you pull away, your hosts will wave. You should wave back and continue to wave until you can no longer see each other. A couple of toots on the horn are optional, but always in good taste and appreciated. There you go. So if you ever go to Minnesota, just be prepared for a long goodbye. Now, I, I, th this is a real thing. They call it the Minnesota Long Goodbye. However, in my experience, it seems that it's uh, spread to the, to the other parts of the Midwest as well, like all good things from Minnesota do. So, obviously, this is a spoof, right? But, but, but it's true. And in my own experience, the, the older that I get, the older that I get, the, the, the more that I've had to say goodbye to people, I'm finding a, a deeper appreciation for the time that I have to spend with people. For the time that I have to spend with people. And I've become even more conscious of 
how I say goodbye. Of how I say goodbye. Today's reading from the book of Acts is a final goodbye. Paul says goodbye to the leaders of the church in Ephesus. Paul, at this point, he's, he's on the tail end of his third missionary journey, and he had already spent about three years, three years in the city of Ephesus, longer than he spent anywhere else. And in those three years, he got to know a lot of people, obviously. Many people came to faith through his apostleship there. The church was built up. People were baptized. They were believing. There were leaders established. But after a while, there were some local uh, silversmiths, people who worked with silver. And uh, the primary thing they made out of silver were small little replica statues of the goddess Artemis. In the city of Ephesus, the, the primary goddess of worship there was the goddess Artemis. So in town, they had a huge statue of Artemis. And so it was customary for people to buy little idols made of silver that they would bring home. So these local silversmiths, though, heard of Paul's teaching about saying no to idols, and they got mad because that was not good for their business. So they created a big riot in the city of Ephesus, uh, eventually, which was quieted down, but it was a big enough riot that it was necessary for Paul to leave. So after that riot in the city of Ephesus, Paul continued to travel around the Mediterranean region, <coughs> but then it was time for him uh, to head to the city of Jerusalem for the celebration of the Pentecost event. Pentecost was an was a annual festival that the Jews celebrated in Jerusalem, and Paul wanted to be there as he had been at other times. But Paul had been warned by God himself and by other people that if he went to Jerusalem, things might not necessarily go so well for him. There were threats against his life, threats against his, uh, his ministry. But it's interesting, if you think, very similar to Jesus who came before Paul. At the end of Jesus' life, he had his eyes set on getting to Jerusalem, even though he knew that his death was imminent as well. Even though he knew that threats were raging against him in Jerusalem, uh, Jesus still went. Paul has these threats that are raging against him, but he also continues on to Jerusalem. But on his way, on his way, his heart is moved to say goodbye one final time to his dearly loved family in the city of Ephesus. He's not able to go all the way into the city of Ephesus uh, because he's afraid it's going to delay him and he wants to get to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. So he, he goes to a city just to the south of Ephesus, to a city called Miletus, and he calls the elders, the leaders of the church, to come and visit him. I want to show you a little map of, of the region. First, we're, this is a zoomed out version. Uh, this is the Mediterranean Sea. The big uh, water middle, off to the left, the country of Italy, uh, the place that's in Asia, that's modern day Turkey. And in modern day Turkey are a lot of the places that, that Paul visited. And so we're going to zoom in onto the west side of modern-day Turkey. So zoom in to the next slide. And this is the, the line is where, where Paul went, uh, right under the big word Lydia. I hope you can see it. it says Ephesus. So that's where the city of Ephesus is. And down under there is the city of Miletus, where this takes place. So Paul calls to the people, the elders from Ephesus, to come and meet him in this city. Because these are people who are near and dear to Paul's heart. People who came to know the Lord Jesus Christ through the ministry of Paul. People that Paul has spent his, 
the last three years pouring his life into it. He loved them deeply. He wanted one last chance to say goodbye. So they came and met Paul and Miletus, and he spent time in that reading for today, uh, encouraging them, encouraging them in their faith, entrusting them into the grace of God in Jesus Christ. But he also reminded them about the challenges that had afflicted Paul in the city, but how he remained faithful to Jesus and his witness to them. But then in verse 25, Paul has these heart-wrenching words to say to the people. He says, Now behold, I know, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. What's his point? He's saying to these people, if you're looking at me, you're, you're likely, you're, you're not going to see my face again. For, for whatever reason, I, I'm very confident that this is going to be our final goodbye. And at that point, Paul reminds them about the hard work that they are now going to have in following after him, because he talks about fierce wolves that will come in and try to attack them and ruin their faith. And so Paul encourages them and challenges them to remain faithful. And then there's a tearful goodbye at the very end. Let me read this scene for you. <laughs> when Paul had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and they kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again. These dear friends of Paul, they knew that they would not see him again. And Paul knew that he would not see his dear friends again. And they had to say goodbye. Have you ever had a goodbye like that in your life? One that you, you know, were, were very certain that it was going to be the last. And I'm not necessarily talking right at this point about the point of death. I'm talking about a relationship that, uh, that you would uh, likely still be able to have if it were not for distance or space. Have you ever had to say goodbye? What do you say in those moments if you know that you're never going to see that person again? What words, what words do you leave them with? What words could you leave them with? Paul very clearly here leaves the people with the words of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. He entrusts them into God's hands, and he puts his goodbye to them into the hands of the Almighty. He says, into God's hands, I entrust you. His goodbye encourages them to be faithful in Jesus Christ. If you had to say a goodbye to a dearly loved friend or family member that you knew you would not see again, what would you say? I don't know if you know this, but the word goodbye in its etymology actually means God be with you. It actually means God be with you. So when you say goodbye, you are in a sense sending someone off with a blessing. God be with you. God be with you. Today in the church is the celebration and the commemoration of All Saints Day. All Saints Day in the Lutheran tradition is a day where we commemorate the lives of those who have died in the faith in the, in the recent past. So in the Lutheran tradition, saints are those uh, believers who have been baptized, uh, not that we worship them or, or uphold them in any sort of higher standing than us, but we simply commemorate the fact and their faith and give God thanks for their lives and for the memories that we have. And so in our church body, in our church membership in this last year, since last All Saints Day, we had three members of our church die. Uh, Gary Warhol, Jan Oldie, 
and Julie Goddard's. Those are the three uh, funerals that we've had from members of ours. But besides just members of ours, I could look out in this room of, of all of you, 200 or so, and I, I, I wonder how many funerals you have all been to of loved ones in the last year collectively. Goodbyes are hard. There's no denying it, particularly at the point of death. Now with Gary and Julie, members of our church, I was, I was with them uh, towards the, the last hours and days of their life. And with both of them, as I do, as, as people are nearing uh, the end of their lives, I, I read scripture with them, I prayed with them, gave them a kiss on the forehead, I said, I love you, Jesus loves you, I'll see you again very soon. See you again soon. I don't, I don't like to say goodbye. I don't like to say goodbye in this earth. I don't like to say goodbye at that point of death. That's why where I come from, we stretch that goodbye out as long as we can. Because hopefully, you know, if you stretch a goodbye out long enough, maybe that goodbye would just turn into a greeting. A new greeting. If you just hang out long enough, maybe it'll just turn into a new greeting and we can spend more time together. In the book of Revelation, there's a scene, I actually read it for you a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to read it again, but I'll describe it to you. It's a, it's a scene of the heavenly glory that awaits for us, and there in that scene are multitudes from every nation and every tongue and every tribe gathered at the throne of Jesus Christ saying, salvation belongs to the Lord, salvation belongs to Jesus. And there they are, all gathered together, those who have been made righteous through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. I look forward to that great greeting that awaits us, that heavenly hello. It'll be a great day. We don't like goodbyes. We would rather have greetings. Greetings and goodbyes, though, that seems to be the way of life. Goodbyes and greetings, it seems to be the way of life. It seems to be that that's how relationships begin and that's how they end. It seems to be the bookends for our lives, goodbyes and greetings. But most of the time, we like the greetings better than the goodbyes. The, the, the greetings are exciting. The, the excitement of a new birth. The, the greeting of a long-awaited friend who you haven't seen in a long time. The greeting of that acquaintance who, after spending time with, becomes your spouse. The goodbyes are hard. The goodbyes that, that come with graduations. The goodbyes that come when you have to pick up and move or when a dear loved one picks up and moves. And the goodbyes that we have to say at the bedsides of our loved ones. Greetings and goodbyes, they seem to be the beginning and the end of our lives. They seem to be opposites. But let me tell you something. In the family of God, maybe goodbyes and greetings aren't actually so far apart from one another. This is the good news of salvation that we have in Jesus. This is what the promise of eternal life means. This is what salvation means from sin, death, and the devil. This is the promise of eternal life. That the goodbyes we say today to our Christian brothers and sisters, to our Christian family members, those goodbyes are not necessarily too far away from the greetings that we will have together with them in eternity. Our goodbyes in this life are not final. Our goodbyes are not forever. We will see our loved ones again. See, we worship a God who is bigger than our goodbyes, who is bigger than our greetings. We worship a God who is bigger than life and death. He is bigger than the east, than from the west. He spans over space and time. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
And in the grand scheme of the eternal life that awaits us, those greetings and those goodbyes, they're not too far apart from one another. And so with each goodbye that we say in this life, we have that opportunity to also give a blessing. In our goodbyes, we have an opportunity to give a blessing. And this is my encouragement to you today. I want to encourage you to think about the way you say goodbye to people. Do you intentionally send people with a blessing when you say goodbye? And maybe it's not even just the last time that you're going to see somebody. What about in just the ordinary, everyday goodbyes that you have to say? In those goodbyes, you have an opportunity to expand on that meeting goodbye and actually bless somebody. To entrust them into the care of the Almighty God. To let them know, to remind them of the grace that is theirs freely in Jesus Christ. To encourage them to live life faithfully in His good news. What way do you say goodbye to people? I want to encourage you to think about that. And to pay attention to the opportunities that you have to turn every goodbye into a great blessing. For you and for those that you say goodbye to. And in every goodbye, and in every goodbye, we have those opportunities finally to expand on that meaning of the original word goodbye to mean God be with you. I love you. Jesus loves you. I'll see you soon. In the name of Jesus Christ.